0: Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. I'm so pleased that you've chosen to give me some of your time today to explore a discipleship topic. This is my 101st episode. Uh, Making Disciples, the podcast, has been going now for a couple of years and to hit 101 is really exciting. The last few weeks I've put out some... Episodes, uh, looking at the Trinity, theology of what—what what is it that we believe about this God that we worship? And today is the hundred and first episode, which is rather uh, momentous. When we started this podcast, we didn't know. Uh, were we going to do ten episodes, twenty episodes, fifty, to get to a hundred, and have you guys still listening in, and not just still, but growing each week the number of people that listen to this podcast? So really grateful to you for giving me some of your time as we explore. Uh, discipleship topics each week. I'd love to encourage you to be sharing this with uh, other Christians that you know. Uh, I'd love you to be sharing it in your church, telling people in your church about this podcast. Um, I have so many people who say to me, you know, they started a theology course and it just kind of fallen through. For various reasons, they were struggling with the rhythm, and they're using the podcast uh, as almost like doing a bit of theology each week, which I'm really, really stoked about. Now, in today's topic, I want to bring a really simple thought for you. So, we've talked theology the last few weeks. This week, I want to talk uh, to your heart and to your soul. I want to speak directly to your inner being uh, today. Uh, It's a really simple uh, episode in many ways. I want to be talking to you about what is going on in your heart towards love and passion for Jesus. How are you stoking that passion and fire inside of yourself uh, for Jesus, we we are not called as disciples to to purely believe in Jesus. Believing in Jesus is what historians do. We are called as disciples to carry inside ourselves a fire in our guts, a fire in our bellies for Jesus, a passion for Him that could cost us our lives if the opportunity arose. Uh, and um, you know, you look in the Book of Revelation. Jesus turns to the church in Revelation and says, "Look, guys, you've lost the fire." You've lost the passion. I'd love it if you were hot or cold, but but you're just somehow lukewarm. And uh, the challenge to the church, Jesus is saying, look, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I don't want you to be cold. I want you to be passionate and on fire for me. So that's what we're going to explore in this episode today. So I hope you enjoy it. Do like and share this episode. Leave me a comment. And if there's any particular topics you'd love me to explore in this podcast, then purely Send me a message, send me a tweet, send me an Instagram, direct message, anything like that. Let me know and we can get on it. If you want to know about it, I'm willing to explore it. So here we go. We're going to jump in uh, how to be attentive to your heart, making sure to stoke it towards the love for Jesus. So here we go. How to be attentive to your heart how to stoke your heart towards jesus let me read a couple of passages to you for a moment so uh, proverbs 23 verse 17 says this do not let your hearts envy sinners but always be zealous for the fear of the lord there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off i love that proverb do not let your heart envy sinners do not want what sinners have. I'm going to explore that uh, with us just a, a, a little bit in a minute, really. What does that mean to envy the sinners? But always be zealous. Always be Passionate, Always have that desire for the fear of the Lord. Now, fear of the Lord is an interesting one, isn't it? Because we many you know many of us have been trying to move away from being fearful of God, um, the wrath of God, and God has been painted as this wrathful vengeant God that we should be scared of. Look, there's these two things that we have to hold together. We have to hold together that God is loves you. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness. God is a God of love. He's a God of care and compassion. Uh, God is the lamb that will sacrifice him for you, for you. for you, Whilst at the same time is the lion. He is the almighty God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the almighty. So when we talk about fearing God, but always be on fire for the fear of the Lord that fear of the lord for me isn't purely about being scared of how almighty god is i think it's it's more than that it's a sense of reverence towards the glory of god this reverence towards who god is god is your friend whilst at the same time guys he is your creator. He he is uh, your judge. He is your redeemer. He is the Almighty Being. He is the purest thing in the universe. So this fear of God is about a reverence towards God. So why is it that I'm now following Jesus, but I have less dot dot dot? Uh, so this is what people say to me: Chris, 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 Chris. I've been following Jesus for a while now. Why is it that I, as I now follow Jesus, I have less of this thing or that thing that that what other people have? So do not let your hearts envy sinners. You come to faith and you're told Jesus is now going to look after you. He's going to bless you. He's going to hold you. He's going to give you all that you need. Blessed are those that follow Jesus. And then you kind of look at your life and you look at the life of others around you. and You realize, hang on. So this person over here who does not love the Lord, who does not do good things, he lives a morally dubious life. He has no virtue in his life. This guy's driving around in a Mercedes. This guy's driving around in a Lamborghini or a Bugatti. Um, this guy does not love the Lord, but yet look at his bride. She's she's He's like walking with a model. Uh, look at this guy. He's got a swimming pool. So I have a bunch of folk around me who've got like, I've come to faith. I've said yes to Jesus, and I'm still living on my council estate. I'm still driving around in my knackered old Ford Fiesta. Why is this? It's not fair. It's not fair that that the sinner has all of this, and yet I'm following Jesus. I'm making the best decisions. I'm trying to honour him with my life, and I haven't got anything. This isn't fair. Why is it? Proverbs 23, you know, is an answer to this, isn't it? Do not let your heart envy what sinners have. But always be zealous towards this rightful position of fear of the Lord in your life. Following Jesus does not mean that you will get all the things that you dream in your hearts, because your heart is broken. Your heart has a bent towards sinning, which means your heart, the things it longs for aren't necessarily the best thing for you. Are you telling me, Chris, that God doesn't want to give me good things? I'm not saying that at all. But God does not promise us that he will give us all the good things. God does not promise us that if you come to faith, suddenly you're going to get all your heart's desires. And there's a reality here that we as Christians have to really come down to We believe in Jesus, not because of what we get out of it. We believe in Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the solution to our sin. He is the solution to our brokenness. Jesus isn't a solution. He is the solution. That's why we honour Jesus. That's why we follow Jesus. That's why we love Jesus and we worship Jesus. We worship him because he is the best thing, not because he is one of the options And this option promises us a better deal than all the other options. We follow Jesus because it's true. Not because you're going to get anything else out of it, other than the fact that you will find completeness. Um, The Jews uh, talked about it in terms of shalom, wholeness. When you come into right relationship with God, you have this shalom, this wholeness in your life. That's why we come to Jesus, not because of what we're going to, get out of it. So do not let your heart envy sinners. The interesting thing there is, so I have friends who say this, it's not fair that I don't have dot, 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 and I follow Jesus, and I I honour Jesus. What we're implying is there is that we now deserve something because we made a good decision. We now deserve something because we made a good decision. And actually, There's a massive danger that many of us, we envy the lifestyle of the non-Christian while wanting freedom from sin in the other. And actually, uh, the envy is a sin that we should be moving uh, away from. Do not let your heart envy sinners. Uh, Do not desire all the things that that the sinners have. Uh, That question, friends, in itself, why is it that I follow Jesus but I don't have all of these things? That is revealing a problem, a trouble with our hearts we wanting to follow jesus for a transaction that would make my life suddenly be better that's not what it's about romans 12:9-13 says this love must be sincere love must be sincere hate what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourselves then verse 11 never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the lord Then he goes on, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need practice. Hospitality. So never be lacking in passion. Never be lacking in zeal, in passion, in, in fire for Jesus. But keep your spiritual fire burning. It's interesting in Levitical law. Uh, The the priests, in fact, Moses was told and then Aaron was told this as well in in Levitical law. Forgive me, I can't remember which verse in Leviticus, but I'm guessing you have probably read Leviticus from cover to cover and you could probably tell me. Uh, But in Levitical law, the priests were told to set a fire burning before the Lord. And this fire was to uh, be stoked day and night. It was to never go out. It had to keep it going. And that fire was to represent the passion and love that God had for his people. So if anybody was questioning God's passion for his people, you were to look at the fire and say, no, the fire still burning. Therefore, that's a symbol and sign that God is passionate for me. He's on fire for me. But also the fire was re- meant to represent to God that his people was still on fire for him so this sign of light of fire and don't let it go out let the priest keep it burning this was so god would see our passion but that we would see god's passion for us never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor keep the fire burning let your heart continue to be stoked Towards passion for Jesus. It's too easy to allow our hearts to grow cold. It's too easy to allow our hearts to grow cold. It doesn't take a great deal. It just takes a poor decision every day to see over a week our heart's desire to go cold. If you made a desire well I won't bother going I'm not gonna go to church this week. Do you know what? This week, I'm not going to listen to the podcast. Uh, do you know what? This week, I'm not going to go to the prayer meeting. I'm not going to read my Bible this week. Or I'm not going to meet with that Christian friend this week. Each of those little choices and decisions that we make can cause the fire to just burn a little bright, a little less brighter. To just slightly go out. To go a little cooler. And then the following week, you make another couple of decisions of what you're not going to do to stoke that fire. And it will go out in the same way, friends, the small decisions to turn up to church, the small decision to turn on the worship song, uh, the small decision to turn on your Bible or to open up your Bible or to call that Christian friend, all of these small choices will stoke the fire towards passion. So never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Keep stoking The fire. Now, I want to come back to uh, envy for a moment. It's too easy to become envious. So, Proverbs 23 said that do not let your heart envy sinners. It's too easy for our hearts to envy the life and the lifestyle of a non Christian. It's too easy for us to look at the lifestyle of a non Christian and say, why have they got it better than? me and then somehow grading our lives against their life and saying well they've got more than i've got therefore they're winning and i'm losing therefore my choice in my faith or my choice in the god that i worship or the salvation that i've got in jesus something wrong with it so it's too easy to envy uh what others have now i'm not really into memes i'm not i'm into instagram i like to instagram stuff um rabbi rogers on instagram i often post stuff on there. But what I'm not into is memes. My kids are really into memes. They're always showing me memes. And there should be a photograph the other day. The photograph was taken from the front seat of a car. The guy's driving on the motorway. And just to the left of his vehicle is a, is a, a little flatbed. And there's a car pulling this flatbed lorry uh, with another car on it. And this is what the meme title said. While I'm thinking about my life, there is this guy who is towing his Lamborghini with another Lamborghini. And yes, the picture was a picture of a Lamborghini car pulling this little flatbed trolley lorry thing out with another Lamborghini on it. While I'm thinking about my life, there's this guy who is towing his Lamborghini with another Lamborghini. It's too easy to be envious of what other people have. Envy will never make you a better Christian, uh, more passionate for Jesus. Envy will always steal your joy. uh, Comparison and envy is a thief of your joy and your contentment. If you are envious of what others have in any shape or form all it will do is steal from you what joy you could possibly have. So um, we have to intentionally uh, point ourselves and, and foster passion for for Jesus, because if it's not if it's not there, uh, there's a strong danger that we will envy the life. of of others. Let me say this again. If we don't intentionally point ourselves and foster a passion for Jesus, um and it's if that passion's not there, then there is a strong danger that we will envy the life of others. And friends, I have this all the time. Uh why is it that they have a partner? They're married and I'm single. It's not fair. Why is that? They have their own house. They've bought their own house and I have to rent. It's not fair. Uh, They have a career. They've got a career path. They're moving up the career ladder. I'm stuck. It's not fair. They look happier than me. Uh, It's not fair. Their Instagram tells me that they're doing exciting things, they're going on holiday. It's not fair. They look more content than me. It's not fair. If we don't point our hearts towards Jesus and we don't foster a passion for Jesus, then there is a strong danger that we will envy what others have. We have a problem uh, that we all carry these envies. And some of them are minor and some of them are extraordinarily large. Um, I know of people who are so envious of the friendships and relationships that other friends have that they end up destroying relationships themselves. I know people who've said to their friends, I'm envious of your boyfriend, or I'm envious of the life that you have, and all it's done is destroy the friendship. That they've actually got with that person. I, I I see this happen in people's lives. I have people uh, that have spoken to me that are just so envious uh, of the um, uh, the house that their friend has. They're so envious they can't even go round to their friend's house. Envy will thieve and steal from you. Envy and comparison. It's a thief of your joy, and if you allow envy to move around in your life, all you are doing is allowing a thief to steal from you right in front of your own eyes. That—that's truthfully what's going on. And envy is these small things. Been on friends, uh, Facebook recently and seen that my uh, friend has been on holiday and really envious of that. It's a small thing. It's only a minor envy only a small thing but these things do mount up so they they can be small envies all the way up to big envies i've saw a photograph of a friend of mine recently oh my gosh she was so slim oh i'm so envious that she's still really slim and as we're getting older i'm putting on weight why is she so thin all these little envies will mount up now i want to say this Uh, As Christians, uh, we have physical envy. We're envious of that person's pair of shoes. We're envious of the fact that that person's still got hair. Uh, We're envious that person's, their marriage is still going or the the position they've got in work. We've got those envies. But then we've also, as Christians, got something else which we don't like to talk about. And this is what I would just simply describe as spiritual envy. We have envy because that person, when they preach people tell them how amazing they are and I'm envious. Let me just be very honest with you, church leaders have steeple envy. How big is your church? Um, Church leaders, even if they say they don't do this, they're lying to you. Um, I've yet to really truly meet a church leader who doesn't have something going on about their church size dictating how much success they think they've got. Spiritual envy over church size. Spiritual envy of, of somebody else's prayer life. Spiritual envy over their maybe they, their study life, what they know about scripture. Spiritual envy over a prophecy maybe that they've received, or the spiritual gift of prophecy, or the spiritual gift of tongues. We can have spiritual... Envy and the danger is because we don't talk about this in the church uh, and we we mask it by saying that uh it, um oh no i really celebrate your gift i celebrate your gift and um, we mask it in being kind and nice to each other the danger is that has more potential to rot our souls than anything else because we we don't talk about it um, but you know, if you have envy, and the best thing to do is, if I said to you now, think about the envies that you've got. You, like, I can't really think of any. When you sit in church and you see that that person is at the front again, leading something, and it, you go, why them? That's the moment you need to go. Ah, hang on. That's a spiritual envy because we have them and we don't realize that they're there. We have to catch ourselves in that moment. Um, get this how ridiculous is this how ridiculous is this so I found myself a little while ago I wrote a book what if we knew what God knows about us and I I gave it to somebody to uh to read I wanted them to have their view on it and comment on it I wanted them to have a little thing on the book saying what they thought about it and I gave it to this person uh, they read it and they wrote me a beautiful little thing to go in the book. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I just coincidentally, uh, I wanted to listen to a talk from another church. So I, I, I logged onto their church's um, website and I uh, watched this person preaching that following Sunday. And I worked out it was the Sunday after they read my book. And um, they actually quoted. Uh, An illustration from the book that I'd written and they didn't say who wrote it. And in the chat, lots of people, oh, I love that illustration. I thought it was amazing. And a little bit of me was so envious that that person was getting the credit for this illustration. Look, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Get over it, Chris. Uh, Life is too important. Um, But there was a bit of me that was like, what? Well, that's not fair. That's not on. That's not okay. Okay. We carry these spiritual envies, envy of what other spiritual gifts and what people, you know, what they have to bring. So, yes, envy is not just physical, it's spiritual. And envy in any form will rob your sense of joy. So, Chris, what is the antidote? Right, there are antidotes. Praise God. God has given us antidotes. The antidote to all of this, if you want to stoke your fire, your heart's fire towards Jesus, here we go. Number one, worship. The best way to move a heart from envy to fire for Jesus is worship. When you look up, when you look up at Jesus, it changes everything. When Jesus becomes the vision in front of you, you're not looking down any longer at anybody else and what they have got. If you have found yourself looking at what other human beings have got, and you're jealous of them and have envy towards them, I would say this, you're not worshipping enough. The more we look at Jesus, the more we focus on Jesus, the more we make Jesus the vision in front of us, less we are concerned about others around us. If you struggle with envy, focus more on Jesus. Focus on him. And I would say we do that through worship. We do that through sung worship. In sung worship, we point our hearts towards Jesus. But we also do that in scripture. Uh, When we read scripture, we're pointing ourselves towards God's kingdom reality. And God's kingdom reality is purely Jesus. Uh, So the more you read scripture and the more you worship, that is a major antidote for you and I in focusing our eyes on Jesus and what he has for us and and how he sees us and how we see him. So sung worship is an antidote. Reading scripture is an antidote. And in the same way, prayer is an antidote. Uh, When we pray, we are focusing on what God is saying, what God has, what God is doing. Uh, When we focus on him in prayer, we get to come before him with what's on our hearts. But we also then stop, zip our mouths and we listen. And it's in that listening that our hearts can actually be realigned uh, with with the heart of God, and it may be in prayer uh, you need to come with confession. Uh, prayer has many different forms and and very many different ways. And if you don't know how to pray, you haven't explored prayer yet. Definitely listen to the podcast episodes that we did uh, maybe a year and a half ago on prayer. Uh, prayer is a place where we can come and confess and realign ourselves to the heart of God. Uh, So worship, sung worship, scripture and prayer. Uh, The other things I would say is two things I want to add. Uh, If you really want to stoke your heart's uh, fire towards Jesus. Uh, number one, I say get with people who are on fire. If you want to get wet, you've got to get in the water. If you want to get hot, you've got to get in the fire. That's just the reality of it. You don't get hotter by staying away from hot people. Uh, you've got to get where the passion is. Uh, so hang out, spend time with those that are on fire. That That is what is going to help you uh, and solve um, this issue for you of, of going cold and the final thing i would say is this around the spiritual gift of gratitude and this i'm hmm i'm learning about this myself right now i'm i'm in the process at the moment of writing myself what's called a rule of life, how I want to live my life. And you don't need to know much more about that. I'll probably do an episode on this kind of thing at some point. But gratitude is a spiritual gift. Practicing gratitude, being grateful for what we have is, is a spiritual gift. You will always find people who have more than you. Uh, focus, on, focus on what you are grateful for And that is what will stoke your passion. Gosh, Jesus, you have given me this. Gosh, Jesus, you have given me that. Um, How can we possibly be envious of what others have when we've got Jesus? How could we possibly be envious of somebody else's car when we've got salvation in Jesus? Surely that gratitude for Jesus, his death and resurrection. uh, And and if if you know about Jesus' death and resurrection and you're still envious of somebody else's car, maybe come back to ask the question, do I really understand the death and resurrection of Jesus? Do I really understand what he did for me in that moment? And how everything now finds its proper place because of that moment in time, his death and his resurrection. Um, Be grateful for that. Learn to to have gratitude in your hearts for that. Gratitude, the spiritual gift. Um so what is the antidote to stoking uh, you know maybe well, the, you could say what is the antidote to a heart that's going a little bit cold how do you restoke the fire what is the antidote worship focus your eyes on jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith focus on jesus in sung worship focus in jesus in scripture and focus uh, on jesus in prayer uh, get where the passion is, get with passionate people, get with people that are on fire for Jesus and then finally be grateful for the blessings that God has placed in your life already. Rather than looking at what you don't have, look at what you do have. So there you go. I hope you find that interesting. Uh, Stoke your heart towards love for Jesus. Never be lacking in zeal but keep your passion For Jesus Alive. Pray that you find that helpful, an encouragement, and a blessing. Have a great week. And until next time, friends, grace and peace.